0: Welcome to The Father's Heart with Tom Clark, better known as Papa Tom. Good morning,
1: this is Tom Clark, Papa Tom of The Father's Heart Talk Show. And um, this morning we have a special guest. Uh, He's the actual brother of a very good friend of mine. Um, My friend, his name is Jerry Pierce, and his brother is uh, Tony Pierce. And Tony has a background in coaching, uh, and uh, he has a heart for uh, our whole subject of bringing the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers and uh, he's a father himself and uh, realizes as a coach <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> the issues that arise in his players' lives and he has many stories about uh, incidences where um, things that happened in his players' lives that had to do with the absence of fathers and how uh, what an effect that had on them emotionally and psychologically. And so Tony's here to to share some of his stories with us. Uh, Hopefully he'll reveal some interesting stories about his brother. I've got some tales to tell about his brother Jerry, who is a very famous athlete in Dartmouth. Uh, Jerry was uh, in the Hall of Fame at uh, Dartmouth as their middle linebacker. Uh, He had the most tackles of anybody that ever played for Dartmouth. And so if you ever get introduced to Jerry, make sure he doesn't tackle you. But uh, the, uh, Jerry actually told me a story when time it was hard to believe. He told me that he had 32 tackles in one game. And I said to I him, mean, I don't know anybody who has had 32 tackles in a whole season. And he had 32 tackles in one game. I mean, that's, like, incredible. So uh, that's, uh, that's how I met Tony uh, through his brother Jerry. And uh, with that in mind, let me introduce you to Jerry Pierce. And uh, he's, he's a coach, and he's uh, from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, right now. And so... Uh, Tony, introduce yourself to the audience. Tell them a little back background, and tell them about that. You, you were telling me about fathers in touch, and uh, your uh, exposure to this area of of the absence of fathers in people's lives.
0: Good, great. Thank, thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Hey, um, you know, my name is Tony Pierce. I'm, I was born in New Jersey, grew up in New Jersey. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was about four. Jerry was about six, so. Um, No, went to East Orange High School, played football there, and then went on to Gettysburg College in Pennsylvania and had a stellar career there, breaking into reception records and things like that. And never thought that I would get into coaching, but it did happen when I went home to New Jersey. uh, There was a new high school coach at our high school, and he asked me what I was doing. I said, just graduated from college, just got finished playing ball, want to try to sign a pro contract. And he said, hey, a teaching job will be open. You're going to coach with me. And I started coaching. That's what got me off to coaching. So um, having a, a father who struggled, my, my dad, Jerome, who Jerry is named after, uh, mm-hmm. took us on a long, long journey, um, knowing that there are times when it felt like I was the father and my dad was the, was the child at times, you know, yeah. struggled with alcoholism. I remember being a child, uh, going to visit him in the intensive care unit after mm-hmm. he wrapped his car around the pole. Mm. And, you know, you wrapped it around the pole when you go and see it in the front of the car. It's almost touching the back of the car when it hit the pole Mm. sideways. Mm. So my dad was a musician. He loved singing. He loved playing the guitar. A great, great person. But I came to uh, understand him a little bit more when, as I got older, he shared with me that uh, he was one of 20 children. My father was one of 20 children and he was the next to the youngest. Wow. So his father was there for the oldest daughters or three daughters who were born first. And my dad, my grandfather was there for the older children. But as my dad grew, my grandfather was away from the family. So my dad never had the experience of being with his father. And he shared that with me one day. Mm-hmm. And after he passed, I shared that with one of the older sisters. And she said, no, no, Tony, Papa was always around for us. I said, yeah, he was around for you because you were the older siblings. Sure. But my dad was one of the youngest, so he wasn't around for him. And that really hurt my dad because, you know, we, we understand that God created family. Mm-hmm. That family is important. The father's important. The mother is important. And, and being a football coach, I understand training. We train our young men in the weight room. We train them in football, out on the football field. Everything comes from training. As a matter of fact, it says train up a child in the way that he should go. I have three children right now. My oldest son is a West Point grad, actually working on his Ph.D. right now. My second son was an All-State linebacker here in Georgia, played linebacker at the Air Force Academy Hmm. and led the team in tackles in 2014. And my daughter – Mm-hmm. As a lawyer now, graduated from UGA, she's a bulldog, national champs, go dog. And, um, you know, I, I understood that, how important that training was. But as I grew and coached and had so many athletes around me who are angry and hurting and bitter, mm-hmm. I came to understand and realize that not everyone had that training from a father. Sure. And there are so many hurting children out there.
1: It's not just a training, I don't think, in terms of the Training like their behavior and what they should do but it's also the emotional aspect of the father being there and many fathers are not trained in how to uh, be a father just simply be being there you know some people say when you go to work 90% of, of success in work is just showing up <laughs> 90% yeah, of true. being a successful father is just showing up and being there and maybe that's just sure. listening you know Uh, But to deal with, you don't have to solve everybody else's problems all the time, although sometimes men tend to think that they have to solve everybody's problems, or when they're uh, shown a problem, they think they have to solve it. But more of it's an issue of um, connecting socially. That organization that you had, Fathers in Touch, you know, the aspect of in touch means to connect, somehow to connect emotionally with your children. So the, the children need some yes. need a father to connect with them and to be there uh, for their own emotional and psychological development. You have any thoughts about that? And Yes. Uh, and that.
0: Well, well, that's what happened, Tom, is that I was coaching at Alabama State. We won a SWAC championship. Mm-hmm. Um, we were playing a game down at Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. hmm. And we went down by a couple of touchdowns, which has happened before. We pulled games out before, mm-hmm. but one of our players, Ronald Rock Dillon, just exploded on the sideline. Just started shouting and screaming and crying. What's going on? Why aren't we winning? What's happening? Mm-hmm. It was so bad that I just took pulled, pulled him out of the game. Said, "Hey, well, we'll get him straightened out at halftime. We'll come try to come back and pull this game at halftime." Mm-hmm. He was worse. Right. We got into the locker room. He was jumping up on a chair, crying, screaming, "What's going on?" And all the other players looked at, up to him because he was one of our leaders. Sure. So when they saw him behaving this way, they see in their eyes mm-hmm. that they weren't focused on the game. They were wondering, what the, why is he exploding? And I was thinking the same thing. It was, it was so bad I didn't play him in the second half.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We lost the game naturally. But on the way home, I wasn't thinking about what do we need to do to win that game? Why did we lose? I was thinking about what is going on in this young man's life to mm-hmm. make him explode like that. Well, the next Monday I found out he came into my office, was crying again, said he had no man in his life to Mm -hmm. talk with. His dad was an alcoholic up in Memphis, never Mm -hmm. saw his dad. and You know, here it is football season. We don't have time for this. Right. But I heard him. I heard him and I knew I had to do something. So I Mm -hmm. got his dad's number and reached out to his dad. Mm -hmm. His dad said something to me that my dad once said to me about his dad. He said, I don't know how to be a dad. Mm-hmm. my father was not involved in my life. Yes. And, you know, we I've had players before whose fathers weren't involved, but it's the first time I heard that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Something that my dad has said to me, but I didn't hear it. I, I heard my dad say it, but it did, just didn't compute. Yeah. And when this dad said that to me, mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, let us help you. I'm a coach. I'm a dad. We have other dads around. There are other dads on the team. Come around. Come around. So, Rock was very angry at his father, very bitter at his dad, and that hurts everything. It hurts your relationships. It hurts your schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you know the the statistics where right? they say uh, children from fatherless homes are more likely to commit crime, more likely to commit sure. rape, more likely to drop out of school, more likely to end up in prison. Sure. The stats are all there. So I'm thinking, well, 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 that's what's going on. How come we don't have a mass, major uh, application of engaging fathers with their children? Mm-hmm. And that's why I just started calling these dads up and talking to them about the relationships with their children.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a major issue. I, prob- I think it actually is probably the most, one reason why I'm doing this show, Tony, is because I think it's a major issue in, in America. It's a major issue for yeah. most of our social ills. I mean, everything from the inner mm-hmm. cities uh, right on through the social institutions um, Churches don't mm-hmm. have fathers there. Government doesn't have fathers there. <laughs> and I'm talking about fathers with yeah. people with a father's heart. Uh, people who want to provide, mm-hmm. protect, and mentor. They're, they're, they're missing. They're missing in society and all the spheres of influence. Um, we're being overtaken by um, a sort of darkness. And, uh, mm-hmm. and darkness uh, pervades in places where there's no fathers, where, yeah, where well, fathers don't well, start
0: For sure. And we know that the devil has a plan, but God always has a plan also. And that plan Mm -hmm. is to engage fathers. You know, it all starts off with the family, um, meeting each other and having children. Mm -hmm. But to be able to have young men in your program, your football program, who are just angry and bitter and hurting. Mm -hmm. And their grades are being messed up because they're going into class, not thinking about biology, but thinking about why did my dad show up to the game? Mm just amazing and and rock dylan came through an amazing transformation because he was angry and bitter at his dad but we had been talking to our young men about forgiveness yeah and why you have to forgive your dad because like my dad all dads don't know how to be a dad all dads don't know how to say i love you all dads don't know how to hug you right all dads don't know what to do and as we Mm -hmm. talk about training i started thinking about the four areas that Jesus grew in. So I started calling it Luke 2:52 training. It says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So he grew mentally, he grew physically, he grew spiritually, he grew socially. So that's what we started focusing on and giving dads those four areas. I remember, Sheriff Ira we- uh, Edwards here in Athens, Georgia, and I were walking around handing out fatherhood pamphlets, and we stopped by one apartment and a young man opened the door and he had a tattooed teardrop underneath his eye. And at the time, I didn't know what that meant, but someone later on told me that meant that he was in a gang and possibly had murdered someone. Mm -hmm. Well, we put that pamphlet in his hand, and we were talking to him about the four areas that dads need to be trained in. He grabbed a pamphlet, started running up the stairs, hollering out, I know what to do now. I know what to do now. We were wondering, who was he hollering to? He came back down the stairs, gave me a hug, and sheriff. Edwards was in his uniform with his badge on. gave Ira a hug, and he said, "Hey, I'm a dad. I have a six-year-old child. I just went upstairs and told my girlfriend that you give me some information on how to be a better father." And obviously, you could tell this young man was struggling to sure. be what he wanted to be was a father. He's a father now. He had the name, but he didn't have the training. Sure. And we were able to give him something to give him some training on. How to read with your child, how to pray with your child, taking your child to school, loving their mother, which is a major factor of the children doing well. So that training is important. I was watching a, a movie, you may have seen it with Denzel Washington. It's called Man on Fire. Yes, one of and my he favorite was, movies. <laughs> uh, responsible for you remember that movie? Well, remember the scene when he was responsible for the young girl that, you know, they had a lot of kidnappings in Mexico and he was responsible for protecting her. But she was also a swimmer and he was helping train her. And at the end, when he was helping her, he said, hey, you're either trained or you're untrained. What are you? And she put her hand in the air and said, I'm trained. He said, you're trained or untrained. Mm -hmm. It's trained. Mm -hmm. And that's what all of our fathers are. That's what all of us are. We're either trained or untrained, and fathers are out there pleading for help to be trained on how to be a father.
1: You know, in our society, we call a man a father simply because he sired a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, biologically, uh, he's, he's named, put a label on him and say he's a father. But mm-hmm. most men, uh, I would say almost all, all men, just because you sire a baby doesn't mean you know, you know what the first thing about being a father is about.
0: Right, right. No training. You just throw them out there and we have children. It's like, okay, your dad, congratulations. Let's have a little party for him. That's great. That's great. Okay, see you later. Bye.
1: Right. So where do, where that, do they start getting the training? Where, where does it come from where somebody can say, okay, um, I, 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 I'm a male. I'm a man. I sired a child uh, and uh, I want to be a father. And th- it, it actually goes even beyond the biological I mean, as a mm-hmm. coach, you can actually be fatherly to your players. Uh, mm-hmm. Teachers can be fathers. Uh, you can be mm-hmm. in different walks of life and still uh, represent to um, the people that are the sort of like under you or, or people that you have authority yeah. over or people that relate to you that this is mm-hmm. what a father's like. So how, yeah. do, how do you communicate that? How do you uh, um, get that across? Well,
0: there are a lot of. There are many, many mentorship programs which are great mm-hmm. and uh, doing some great job to be a, a male involved in a young man's life. But a young man wants his father to be his mentor. Yeah. Training comes from an older man to a younger man, an older woman to a younger woman. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a spiritual battle. So the devil wants to disrupt that relationship. Yeah. And that's what occurs. You know, we have a lot of angry young men out here. I, I was in high school in Atlanta one time, and the, the head high school coach I was recruiting for, for university, the high school coach was in the room for uh, in-school suspension. And there were about 25 young people in that room, and we were talking about the conversation of fatherlessness. And I asked the coach if I could ask the students a question. And I said, hey, out of 25 of you in here, how many of you have a father living at home? Three of them raised their hand out of the 25. There's your problem right there. Three of them raised their hand. There's a young lady who was a sophomore sitting over there. She had an angry look on her face. And I said, why are you so angry? Why are you upset? Why are you in here and in-school suspension? You're supposed to be enjoying life. And she said, my father lives about a mile away from me, and he never comes to visit me. Mm. And she was just angry that she had a father. He wasn't very far away but her father would never come and visit her. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to share with principals and other people, coaches that yes, mentors are great, but how can we throw out debate to get that father involved? We know there are mothers who are angry and keeping fathers away. Mothers are angry that yes, you had a with me, but now you didn't want me. So Mm -hmm. I'm mad at you. I had one of our players told me that his mother told him that she was going to be just as mad at him Mm-hmm. as he she was his, his father mm-hmm. because they had the same first name yeah so every time she heard her son's name she would think of this man who she was angry at so we had to start talking to the moms about forgiveness yeah. forgiving you gotta let this go you have to forgive a man who wronged you right. who may have used you for your body and mm-hmm. now got you pregnant and had a child, you have to forgive him mm-hmm. because our young players have to forgive their dads. Rock Dylan forgave his dad, started calling his dad up, started having conversations with him, inviting his dad to the game, restored that relationship. That next year, Rock, Ronald Rock Dylan led our conference in defense and was a SWAT conference player of the year. And he's an amazing father today, married, amazing father today. Mm-hmm. And he went through that healing process, and that's what our young men need to do.
1: I think the other thing we need to bring out is that it is said that when somebody is angry, that anger is a secondary emotion. The first thing that mm. people are feeling underneath the anger is they're hurting. It's the pain of what they're hurting. And so mm. they can say they're angry, you need to deal with your anger, but really you got to get underneath the anger to deal with the pain and deal with what's causing yeah. the pain to begin with. Because if you, if you can get to the pain and heal the pain, then they won't be angry anymore. And- yeah,
0: that goes so deep, so, yeah. so deep. Dr. James Dobson has a book called Bringing Up Boys, and in one of the chapters in that book, he calls it something like the killing off of mom. Yeah. The killing off of mom. And I read through it, and what that was, that chapter was about young men who get angry at their mother because they married or aren't with a man who's incarcerated or doesn't spend time with me or doesn't want to have a relationship with me. Mom, why would you be with a man? Why did you have me? Why did you have a child with a man like this? I'm angry at you. Yeah. And I've met several young men who are angry and bitter and you're, you're dealing with something that's so, so deep.
1: You know, it's not. Yes. I shouldn't say not. It is so deep and it also goes back for generations. If you think about a lot of the people in this generation who are not good fathers, they didn't have good mm. fathers either. It it goes right. back for probably 3, 4, 5 generations where mm-hmm. this didn't just started today. This started one where a long long time ago. You know, scripture talks about generational curses and generational sins. Uh mm-hmm. and um you know, uh, they go for three or four generations. In fact, I think there's two sins in the scripture that go back for 10 generations. And one of them is incest, well, you, and the other one is um, being born out of wedlock. That's a 10-generational yeah, sin. And you,
0: and you, mentioned that. You, you mentioned Malachi 4, 6, where it talks about he will turn the hearts of the fathers toward their children right. and the hearts of the children toward their fathers, or unless he will strike the land with a curse... Right. Well, does it seem like land man has been struck with a curse of yes. fatherlessness?
1: Yes, fatherlessness and so many- is a pervasive darkness to it. Mm-hmm. And it, and it mm-hmm. has many tentacles that go out throughout society. Um, so where we can uh, actually make an influence on our society and culture is to bring people to the place in dealing with their hurt where they are forgiveness. You mentioned forgiveness before. And forgiveness is so important uh, to get behind uh, the pain and and forgive the people who have hurt you by not Mm -hmm. being being a bad father or or, uh, being absent or whatever those Mm -hmm. thoughts that you are, forgiving the person behind it is is the way to healing. Uh, A second way to healing is to be thankful. Be be thankful Mm -hmm. for whatever little thing in your life that you can be thankful for and build Mm -hmm. on that. As opposed Gratitude. to, be, oh, you looking at all the, all the things that are wrong in your life. And uh, going and, and making, uh, you know, blame, accusations, all those things just perpetuate the darkness and perpetuate the yeah, pain. Yeah,
0: we, we, we saw our mom go through some struggles after the divorce, you know, with, with my dad. But we, I was all, always thankful that my dad was still involved in, in our lives, even though he didn't know how to be a dad. Hmm. Um, like, uh, and did whatever he could mm-hmm. it was reverend bill iverson who was a man who brought me to the lord brought jerry to the lord we used to come and pick my father up and bring him to jerry's games when he played at dartmouth when they played in new jersey against princeton when i played at gettysburg college we play a, a team near the jersey border bill iverson would go and pick my dad up and it was so great because my dad was able to learn some things from bill hey hey jerry jerome my dad's nickname was kirby He was kirby vacuum cleaning and, clean and mm-hmm. hey kirby yes this would this is what dads do. They go to their children's football games. Right. They go and support them. They go and watch them play. They, they just show up so the other players can say, oh, that's, what, that's why your ears are pointing. Your yeah. dad's ears are pointy. That's why sure. your nose is that. That's why your skin color is that skin color. Sure. That's your dad. Do you know what it would feel like in terms of healing just for kids to have their dad to show up at a concert or yeah. to bring them to school? and hold their hand so everybody else can see, yep, that's my dad, I got one. That's he, right. Yep, yep, you, oh, you don't have one? I got one. Yep. So, so important. One of our players at Alabama State, dad was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And I asked him one time, I said, hey, would you want me to go and visit your dad with you sometime? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, a big defensive end, looked at me and said, coach, you would do that? Yep. I said, yes, yep. I would. To get you to be able to see your father, yes, I would. Yeah.
1: It's for your you life. Know, you know, the thing that you're doing for that young man is incredible. It, it, it basically puts him on the path in his life that he never would have got on had you not been willing to do that, just like Bill Iverson helped you and, your, and Jerry, you know, with your father. Um, mm-hmm. I want to take a moment here, yeah. uh, Tony, just to mention, because we only got about um, a minute or so left, is that uh, up here, in, uh, we're in Statesville, North Carolina, we're talking about, and uh, I mentioned to you earlier, um, Joe Gibbs... Uh, which is a very successful coach with the Redskins many years back and now has uh, Joe Gibbs racing. Uh, He had two sons, uh, Coy and um, J.D. Coy passed away three years ago of a very unusual disease, and just this past weekend, Coy, uh, his second son, uh, the younger son, um, had a heart attack and passed away. So Joe Gibbs had two sons, and each one of his sons had two sons. So there's four uh, grandsons in that family, and, um, uh, in fact, the grandson, Ty uh, Gibbs, won a very successful race, I understand, last sa- uh, Saturday. And, um, but his father passed away uh, between Saturday and Sunday. So our hearts go out to the Gibbs family. And uh, uh, Joe, I know, has a father's heart. And uh, it must be ter- very difficult for him to go through this. And he now has four grandsons mm-hmm. that don't have fathers. So someone has to step in there and try yeah. to be a father to those uh, um, four grandsons in some way, shape, or form. Um, so I want yeah, to just mention that on the air that we want to be uh, uh, sensitive to that, everything we can do in our lives to reach out to help somebody be a father today. Mm-hmm. Remember, who's yeah. your daddy? And we want to uh, thank you for spending this time. And uh, we wish everybody uh, a good, blessed day today. Father's Heart
0: with Tom Clark. Join us again next Thursday morning at 8, right here on News Talk WSIC.